Some time ago, I was discussing over the net with uh, a fairly prominent member of a skeptic society. And in order to illustrate a point, I used an analogy. He shot back by saying, you can't win an argument with analogies. Now, I was a bit taken aback by this, because to me, analogies and metaphors and so on are very good ways, in fact, in some respects, the only real way of understanding something, to see it in different contexts. And I sometimes say that we live in an information age, but it's not information we need. We need to see the information that we have in a different way. You imagine you know, the downfall of Western civilization, which is probably not that far away, to be honest. And uh, archaeologists in some future time going through the rubble. And they come across these 3D drawings, the ones where you cross your eyes and then you're able to see a 3D shape. And you can imagine them wondering what this is and they do computer analysis of it and they do various theories and there's different schools of thought and there's one school of thought that says the colours are important and they're actually a secret language and the other one says no they're just childish diagrams and they're to be coloured in by kids and another one says that you know they're graphical representations of music or whatever and then some young girl picks one up crosses her eyes and suddenly sees the 3D image we can use language we can have theories but sometimes we just have to see the information we have in the right way and this is the malaise of the 21st century everybody wants information now thinking uh, talking rather than using language is not the same as understanding which of course leads to the question what is understanding people think that because they can put a name on something that they've understood it so people have amazing out-of-body experiences and they come across various things and then they talk to some sceptical psychologist and they say, oh, it's just a dream. So they're given it a label, they think they understand it. The psychologists don't even understand what dreams are. They've got some theories and most of the theories are completely wrong. But they don't understand what dreams are. So putting it into a name of saying dreams doesn't really tell you anything about it. And often it's the case that these out-of-body experiences and other such things are very different from dreams in the way most people experience them. There's a propensity to add complication to things. This is the malaise of the 21st century. Because we put things into words, we can manipulate the words and we can manipulate ideas. It's actually the basis of political correctness, something that George Orwell talked about in his book 1984 many, many years ago. Now, the Tate Modern Gallery in England has a reputation for some rather bizarre works of art. They came to prominence when they had a pile of bricks and they've had an unmade bed and so on. And their latest offering, if we can call it that, is a banana taped to a wall and this was sold for some 
£200,000, I think it was. And I heard an interview with some lecturer in art history or something like that, who spoke for a good number of minutes, telling us why this wasn't so as bizarre as you might think it is, and about the history of art and various things and so on and so on. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that it is as bizarre as you think it is. And by laying intellectual justifications on it, doesn't really make it any more, uh, any more valid. So, as a philosophical exercise, we might ask ourselves, what's the difference between a car and a motorbike? Now, I'm sure there's a legal definition. But if we just look at cars and motorbikes, you might think what well, is obvious. A motorbike has two wheels and it's open and a car has a covering. But you can get three or even four-wheeled motorbikes. You can get three-wheeled cars. You can get motorbikes that have a sidecar. You can get motorbikes that are mm, sort of covered. Where's the distinction? And with any definitions, you're going to, even if this doesn't exist, I mean, somebody could make something which quite deliberately, you know, looked like one but was actually the other. Uh, because any definition has to have an overlap. It's going to have something where you say, okay, we've got black, we've got white, and we've got sort of something in between. In a way, this is the job of lawyers. Um, in many respects, is to try and point out what somebody was doing. It wasn't really robbery, it was, you know, maybe just the wrong side of, um, the, you know, being, being a good salesman or something like that. Um, we see this in many, many respects, and one respect we see it, of course, is in gender, what used to be called sex. And then we used to say, and it seems to be quite obvious, that there's male and there's female, and these are determined by genetics. But of course, you can get um, women who tend to be very boyish, they used to be called tomboys when they were young, and you can get men who tend to be fairly feminine. But the old argument was, yes, that, but that's still a woman, this is still a, still a man. But then they've complicated it. And they've said, oh, no, no, actually there's not one definition of sex. There's, you know, I don't know how many they've got up to, maybe five or six or whatever they want. And there's also what people think of themselves as. So even though you might be genetically a boy, if you think you're a girl, then you're, you're a girl using some other definition. So what they've done is complicated something that's very simple. Now, they think they're helping people. Uh, and they think these people who are trapped in what's called gender dysphoria are being helped because now they've got a name for it. And of course, this is the important thing. You have to have a name for it. And therefore, it's a disease and therefore it's treatable sometimes with an operation. The reality is that they go down that route because it's available to them. And there is uh, something called gender dys dysmorphia. There are issues that people have. But they are psychological issues. And as a therapist, I think it's getting to a point where I could be prosecuted 
if somebody came to me and said, look, I'm a boy and I think I'm a girl and I, and I think it's unhealthy. Or if their parents brought a kid in and said, look, you know, can you help him because he's, uh, he, he thinks he's a girl and so on. And I have had experience with this and I have had a lot of very good experience. Um, but this goes so much against the, the grain in thinking that I'd be on a hiding to nothing, I think, if some of this got out into the public. The problem is we have created complications, and, it, and it's deliberately so. You know, we, we always had it from socialists who would say, well, business is no different from robbery because you're taking some, you're, you're getting it at one price and you're selling it at another price and therefore you're robbing. Well, no, you're not. You're often adding value. I mean, I'm not saying that all good, all business is good business. There is such a thing as bad business. But there is, there is an overlap, of course. But there is still quite definitely robbery and there is still quite definitely business. And the things in the middle, well, that's for the lawyers to decide. But we've complicated the world to such a point that people become very confused in their thinking. And of course, if you become confused in your thinking, you rely on people who claim to be able to show you the way out. So, the having set up, you know, this ridiculous idea of sort of five genders or something like that and so on, when people are confused, they go to a sex therapist and he says, yes, you fit in this category or this category, this, and you need this and this treatment because this is, a, you know, this, this category. And... You've, you've got a way out of your problem, or so you think. There is a book called DSM, the Directory of... Um, uh, I can't remember what it's called now, DSM, anyway. And this lists various psychological traits and applies them a name. And it's all box-ticking. If, you, if your client, your patient has this, this, and this, and this, they have that syndrome, if they have that and that, they have this other syndrome. So Asperger's, ADD, ADHD, and so on, they all fit into various boxes being ticked. Now, one of the ridiculous things about this is that you get parents and the kids run amok in a, in a shop, and people are sort of tut tut. And, uh, and the parent says, well, the, you're all just ignorant. You don't understand that my kid's got um, ADHD. But when you look at ADHD, the, the way they've been diagnosed with ADHD is that they, they have certain traits. And one of them is that they're unable to sit still and they, they run around and make life nuisance for people who are around them. And so giving it that name hasn't really solved anything. You know, they put them on Ritalin or some other drugs and then they can be doped up and be docile. And it causes great neurological damage to the to the developing brain but often the parents don't care because they just want a kid who's well behaved and the schools certainly don't care they just want a kid who's well behaved so there's this tremendous pressure on people and of course there is this idea that most people in the west have that if the doctor or the psychologist or so on says you need this drug or you need that treatment then they will simply do it. They don't step out. I mean, some people do, but a lot of people won't step outside of it. My father died on the operating table because the doctor said you need a heart bypass, even though he was 
in his eighties, and he went in and he, and he died. He was he could have functioned quite quite. Now that they say they wouldn't give an operation so so quickly, but in those days they did. So as a philosophical exercise, we might ask ourselves, what's the difference between a car and a motorbike? Now I'm sure there's a legal definition. But if we just look at cars and motorbikes, you might think what well, is obvious, a motorbike has two wheels and it's open and a car has a covering. But you can get three or even four wheeled motorbikes. You can get three wheeled cars. You can get motorbikes that have a sidecar. You can get motorbikes that are mm, sort of covered. Where's the distinction? And with any definitions, you're going to, even if this doesn't exist, I mean, somebody could make something which quite deliberately, you know, looked like one but was actually the other. Uh, because any definition has to have an overlap. It's going to have something where you say, okay, we've got black, we've got white, and we've got sort of something in between. In a way, this is the job of lawyers. Um, in many respects, is to try and point out what somebody was doing. It wasn't really robbery, it was, you know, maybe just the wrong side of, um, the, you know, being, being a good salesman or something like that. Um, we see this in many, many respects, and one respect we see it, of course, is in gender, what used to be called sex. And then we used to say, and it seems to be quite obvious, that there's male and there's female, and these are determined by genetics. But of course, you can get um, women who tend to be very boyish, they used to be called tomboys when they were young, and you can get men who tend to be fairly feminine. But the old argument was, yes, that, but that's still a woman, this is still a, still a man. But then they've complicated it. And they've said, oh, no, and actually there's not one definition of sex. There's, you know, I don't know how many they've got up to, maybe five or six or whatever they want. And there's also what people think of themselves as. So even though you might be genetically a boy, if you think you're a girl, then you're, you're a girl using some other definition. So what they've done is complicated something that's very simple. Now, they think they're helping people. Uh, and they think these people who are trapped in what's called gender dysmoria, dysphoria are being helped because now they've got a name for it. And of course, this is the important thing. You have to have a name for it. And therefore, it's a disease and therefore it's treatable sometimes with an operation. The reality is that they go down that route because it's available to them. And there is uh, something called gender dys dysmorphia. There are issues that people have. But they are psychological issues. And as a therapist, I think it's getting to a point where I could be prosecuted if somebody came to me and said, look, I'm a boy and I think I'm a girl and I, and I think it's unhealthy. Or if their parents brought a kid in and said, look, you know, can you help him because he's, uh, he, he thinks he's a girl and so on. And I have had experience with this, and I have had a lot of very good experience. Um, but this goes so much against the, the grain in thinking that I'd be on a hiding to nothing, I think, if some of this got out into the public. 
the problem is we have created complications and, it, and it's deliberately so you know we, we always had it from socialists who would say well business is no different from robbery because you're taking some you're you're getting it at one price and you're selling it at another price and therefore you're robbing well no you're not you're often adding value i mean i'm not saying that all good all business is good business there is such a thing as bad business but there is there is an overlap of course but there is still quite definitely robbery and there is still quite definitely business and the things in the middle where that's for the lawyers to decide but we've complicated the world to such a point that people become very confused in their thinking and of course, if you become confused in your thinking, you rely on people who claim to be able to show you the way out. So, the having set up, you know, this ridiculous idea of sort of five genders or something like that, and so on, when people are confused, they go to a sex therapist, and he says, "Yes, you fit in this category or this category, this and, that, and you need this and this treatment because this is, a, you know, this this category." And you've you've got a way out of your problem, or so you think. There is a book, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. I think it's at the fifth edition now, DSM five. And this lists various psychological traits and applies them a name. And it's all box ticking. If you, if your client, your patient has this, this and this and this, they have that syndrome. If they have that and that, they have this other syndrome. So Asperger's, ADD, ADHD and so on, they all fit into various boxes being ticked. Now, one of the ridiculous things about this is that you get parents and the kids run amok in a, in a shop and people are sort of tut tut and, uh, and the parent says well the, you're all just ignorant you don't understand that my kid's got um, ADHD but when you look at ADHD the, the way they've been diagnosed with ADHD is that they, they have certain traits and one of them is that they're unable to sit still and they, they run around and make life nuisance for people who are around them and so giving it that name hasn't really solved anything you know they put them on Ritalin or some other drugs and then they can be doped up and be docile and it causes great neurological damage to the to the developing brain but often the parents don't care because they just want a kid who's well behaved and the schools certainly don't care they just want a kid who's well behaved so there's this tremendous pressure on people and of course there is this idea that most people in the West have that if the doctor or the psychologist or so on says you need this drug or you need that treatment then they will simply do it they don't step out I mean some people do but a lot of people won't step outside of it my father died on the operating table because the doctor said you need a heart bypass even though he was in his 80s and he went in and he, and he died he, was, he could have functioned quite, quite now that they say they wouldn't give an operation so so quickly, but in those days they did. So talking is not the same as communication, and explaining is not the same as understanding. Sometimes what passes for explanations is simply intellectual justifications. And in fact, a lot of what goes on in um, 
schools and universities is exactly that. Thank you for listening. You can leave comments on my Podbeam page. You can email me, phil at braham.net. You can visit my website, podcasts.braham.net. And I hope to hear back from you. Thank you. Mm-hmm.